Running all my life, sacrifice. Hustle paid the price. Want a slice? Got to roll the dice. That's why all my life I've been grinding all my life. Look, all my life been grinding all my life. Sacrifice. Hustle paid the price. Want a slice? Got to roll the dice. That's why all my life I've been grinding all my life. Look. Said it earlier, man. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know where this trolling bullshit has come from. Where it's the internet controls the narrative about these players. It's, it's becoming foolish, man. Like I said earlier in the year, that's one of the most special players to ever lace his shoes up. Did his dude his flowers, man. I, I don't understand the slander. It's, it's it's becoming quite silly now. Like, respect these players, man. Respect these greats. What up, what up, what up, what up? Welcome to the Ball Don't Lie podcast. This is your boy, Dexter, your host, the one and only. Welcome back to another show. And... We're going to be talking about the Phoenix Suns and the Clippers and what just, just happened. It was insane. It was bonkers. The game was actually not what a lot of people were expecting it to be. And we're going to go ahead and break that down for you as far as me. And it's amazing for the slander that PG is getting. And I'll go ahead and talk about that too in a second. But a lot of kudos to PG for what he did. Because the closeout games are tough to win. It's tough to win, and it's been known. So Phoenix Suns, they collapsed, even though they had all the chances in the world to win this game. They just had a dud, basically. They played bad overall on all accounts. Everybody from the head coach all the way down to the bench player all played terrible, even though there was a lot of points in this game. So we're going to go ahead and talk about the home situation. If you are new to this channel for the first time, Go ahead and subscribe, hit that bell notification, smash that like button, because every single time that happens, it brings our content to the top, and it does help out with the algorithm on YouTube. And we're on every streaming streaming platform. As far as any podcast you can think of, we're on there. And if you've been tuning in and been watching, for the ones that are out there, I know who you are. I appreciate the love. I can't thank you all enough. So enough about that. And let's just go ahead and just you know, get into this whole situation with this team, with, with, with the game five situation. It was, it was to me, I enjoyed it. I like it. I like playoff games because without the fans, you know, the, like the bubble situation, I wasn't really, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't into it. It's different. When you got the fans yelling and cheering and booing you and, you know, chanting all kinds of stuff, man, it makes the game more actual a game because pressure these are the situations why players can't perform under pressure. And this is exactly what happened in game five. This was the bubble. Who knows? Maybe the Suns would have won. But let's go ahead and just talk about the Clippers situation because they, I'm going to be talking about the Clippers a lot in this episode because they deserve game five. How they played from the rip into the fourth quarter, like they pretty much just dominated the whole, the whole entire time. Even though the Suns came back and took the lead here and there, but the Clippers are the ones that pretty much just control the whole entire game. Paul George is having one crazy-ass playoffs. The dude is going crazy, and yet we're still getting PG slanders. And I know all y'all trying to kill PG for those free throws. Yeah, those two critical free throws that you missed, Paul George, I mean, no one's going to forget about that because that cost you to lose that game. Imagine if you made those free throws. Who knows? You could have won that game, Right? But you cost the game by missing two, and you're and you're a pretty good free throw shooter. But overall, Paul George has been playing great. 
This is the Paul George that we're accustomed to seeing. This is the Paul George we know in Indiana. Like when he was playing the Pacers, he was that guy. And ever since he went to OKC, all I've been hearing about is PG slanders. Why do you think KD left OKC? It's because of Russ. And then PG comes there and tries to fill the shoes of KD, which he obviously he couldn't. And then you had Russ controlling the games. And then when they lost to Utah Jazz, that was on Russ. And when they lost to the Portland Blazers, even though Dame hit that shot and he waved by, he waved by to, to Russell Westbrook because they had their own internal beef, which has been well documented. Paul George, like, Paul George is not the type of guy to stand in the corner. Paul George is not the type of guy to get pinned down screens the whole entire game. He needs to be the creative guy. Get the ball in his hands, do his thing. So he had a crazy playoff this year. And in the 18 games, and I go and post this pick right here, in the 18 games, and he's in an exclusive club, he's average, he's dropping more than 20 points a game. In the 18 games he played so far in the playoffs. And look at this club that he's in. MJ's in it. Paul George is in it. So you got to tip your head off to Paul George. And in the closeout game, he came out and he performed. And he played great. Obviously, he had Reggie Jackson and he had other guys, the others that came and performed with him. But Paul George led the Calvary. And it just, just let this sink for a second. Let, just let this just marinate. Like, just, just, just stay with me for a second. Ever since Kawhi got hurt in game four against the, against the Utah Jazz, Paul George has been averaging 31.3 points a game. Paul George has been averaging 11 rebounds. 11 rebounds. And six dimes. So 31 points, 11 rebounds, six assists since Kawhi went down. Matter of fact, let me give you something else. And probably most of you guys don't even notice. Paul George leads all players in the playoff in points and minutes. And yet, we're still killing Paul George. Playoff P. Pandemic P. Right? Oh, he's a choke artist. He can't make his free throws. But yet, he's a guy that the whole entire defense is focused on. You got you just, you have to understand this. He had Royce O'Neal guarding him, which is a pretty good defender. He had uh, Joe Ingles guarding him, trying to give him, you know, uh, tough shots, right? And he panned out to beat those guys. Then he comes into this series, and he's playing his... Mick, uh, he's been guarded by uh, Mikel Bridges and Jay Crowder and Cameron Johnson. And two of those guys are good defenders. And yet he's given you 30 plus points or so, or 31 points in this playoffs since Kawhi went down. PG had 41 points tonight in game five. 41 points on 15 of 20 shots. He shot 20 shots. Made 41 points. And he made 15 of those. And the guy was attacking the basket consistently. Majority of his shots came inside. We couldn't stop him. And others, the Clippers came through tonight. Morris had 22 points. And I think he shot like, what, 8 for like 16, I believe. Or sorry, 9 for 16. He had 22 points, 9 for 16 from the field. RJ, a.k.a. Reggie Jackson, or sorry, vice versa, Reggie Jackson, a.k.a. RJ, that guy who's about to get the bag this summer, had 23 points. 
And what a year he's having. Like, the guy is balling in the playoffs. And if you guys haven't been watching this closely, this is just me. The team plays better with Paul George than they play with Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard, the way he plays, reminds me of San Antonio. Very methodic, very slow, you know, very predictable, no flashes. And then it seems like nobody else is in rhythm. It's like, okay, here Kawhi, okay, here Paul George. But when Paul George is in the game and Kawhi is not in the game, the game was so fluid. Like, I think they should run the offense through Paul George if Kawhi ever comes back. My personal opinion. Because the game moves more fluid with that team. Look at you have Morris who's balling because of Kawhi's, Kawhi's out, so his minutes went up, right? But he's getting the ball. Like, PG's giving him the ball. Kawhi doesn't really give you the ball like that. Reggie Jackson is having a time of his life. He's about to get paid this summer. Pat Bev has been like he just he was born again. Like he lost his minutes, disappeared, and it ended up coming back. And he's having one of the greatest series of his career as far as playing defense and giving the energy. He's he's locking up Devin Booker, giving him hard times. Devin Booker's playing, playing terrible in, in the series as far as – forget about game one where he had 40 points in the triple-double, right? Ever since then, Pat Bev's been on him. He's been struggling, struggling. So Pat Bev came – he was reinserted and came back. Terrence Mann had career numbers in the playoffs. Matter of fact, these are career numbers overall, including season. Career numbers in the playoffs. But I didn't see that when Kawhi was here. Boogie Cousins comes back to life, gives you 15 points off the bench. I didn't see that when Kawhi was here. And I'm not trying to harp on Kawhi. Kawhi is obviously your best player. The Phoenix Suns is playing against a depleted team. You're missing... He is the best player in the series. If Kawhi was playing, Kawhi is the best player in both sides of this team. We know that. But when they have Kawhi, they don't play the same way. The ball does not move the way it moves when the Clippers. This ball moves in circle. I remember in game three in, in, in L.A., it went from one side to another, to the middle, to the paint, Back out to the outside for the three. That doesn't happen. Because when the ball goes to Kawhi, he's going to go to his spot, and he's going to raise up on you. Or he's going to go to the basket. Like I said, Kawhi's game is very predictable, very boring, but it's effective. And that's why he's so good at what he does on both sides of the court. But, yeah, man, Boogie Cousins came through tonight. I'm happy for Boogs. He had a long path from, you know, coming back from his Achilles injury. Give you 15 points, give you energy, give you physicality, give you some give you some toughness. That's what they needed. Even though, like, no knock to, you know, uh, 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 you know, Zubak, but Boogie Cousins can be inside, outside. He can bang on you. You got a couple posters in this in the series so far. But like I said, you know, PG's averaging 30 points, you know, 30, 31 points basically, 11 boards, six dimes ever since Kawhi went down. Um Clippers dominated. They dominated the first quarter. If you look at both sides of the team, right, Statist- like just statistically, as far as uh, team points per quarter, the Clippers had 36 points in the first, almost damn near 40 points in the first quarter. That's half of what they pretty much scored in game four. They scored that in the first quarter. And in the third quarter, the Clippers dropped 32 points. But... 
The Phoenix Suns couldn't crack a 30-point quarter in any of the four quarters in Game 5. And then what do they tell you? What is the most important quarters in the game? It's the first quarter because that dictates how you're going to play well in the, in the game. Most of, most of the time, majority of the time. And then the third quarter, when you come in at halftime, whoever controls the third quarter, this, you have to play well in the fourth quarter no matter what, but whoever controls the third quarter has a clear shot of winning the fourth quarter, which gives you a bigger shot of winning the game if you're up. So they scored 36 in the first, 30, 32 in the, in, in the third quarter as far as the Clippers, and the Phoenix Suns cannot crack that. And like I said, this episode is going to be all about Paul George. Let me run his numbers his last 10 games in the playoffs. Paul George. 27 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists. 31 points, 3 boards, 5 assists. 31 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists. 37 points, 16 rebounds, 5 assists. 28 points, 9 boards, 7 assists. 34 points, 4 rebounds, 5 assists. 26 points, 6 boards, 6 assists. 27 points, 15 rebounds, 8 assists. 23 points, 16 rebounds, 6 assists, 41 points, 13 rebounds, and 6 assists. That's crazy. The guy is playing at an ultimate high. Like, he's at a level that a lot of players who are great were at that level. So the slander got to stop. It has to stop. Pandemic P, I've been hearing it for the last couple of years. And yeah, I was part of the wave too when I was saying it because I was so hot. I know how good this guy was or how good he is to be performing like that. But when he's the pinnacle, when he is the man, when he's in charge of the helm, when he leads the cavalry in the gang, he is explosive. He can give it to you in any way. He can hit you from the outside. He can hit you with the hesitation, shoot over you, or go to the basket, do some Euros floaters, reverse layups, Whatever it may be, he has the whole entire package. He can score from all kinds, anywhere in the court, anywhere in the court. So let's speak about the Suns, because this is where I'm about to dig into these guys quick. I want the Phoenix Suns, I want the Phoenix Suns to win, because I want the city of Phoenix, the state of Arizona, to actually have the NBA Finals, because they deserve it. It's been a long time since they've been in the NBA Finals, since 93, against the Chicago Bulls when they lost to Michael Jordan Company. But don't get it twisted. Even if the Clippers go to the NBA Finals, it's going to be lit in L.A. because L.A. just won last year as far as the Lakers. So all the Clipper fans are going to be, that city's going to be turned. Turned. Forget about winning the NBA Finals. Just to be in the NBA Finals, L.A. is going to be lit as well. Either way, it's going to be history for either these two teams that make it to the NBA Finals. But Phoenix Suns, I don't get it. I literally don't get it. DeAndre Aiden is your anchor. He's doing everything he can on the defensive side, and he's getting you rebounds. He's in double-digit rebounds every single game in the series. But yet, he gives you 10, 10 points because of you guys, because of Chris Paul, because of Devin Booker. How you allow this? This guy can give you a 20 and 10, and in most cases, you will win. But when you're struggling, Devin Booker, and Chris Paul, too, when you're struggling as well, I don't get why he can't get the ball. Because so far, what I saw in the playoffs, he's been efficient. He's the most efficient player. And it was crazy. He don't even ask for the ball. He doesn't, he doesn't demand for the basketball. 
I don't get why he can't get you guys those points. Why you guys can't feed him? They need to give D.A. the ball. And I guarantee you, he will not have 10 points in game six. I guarantee you that. Chris Paul, CP3, every single time they won a series or won games, Chris Paul has been getting all the praises. Oh, he deserves to get to the NBA Finals. Oh, he deserves it. You know, Chris Paul is one of the best point guards of all time. Point God. That's all I've been hearing, right? But in this series, he is struggling. I'm looking at the numbers. Dude missed 41 of his shots out of 60. 41 out of 60 shots have been missed. I don't know what else to tell you. How are you going to tell me that's good? How, how are you going to give Chris Paul all the flat, all the praises but no flat? And ain't no one talking about it either. There's not one media outlet out there talking about Chris Paul's struggles. They're talking about Devin Booker, but not CP3. You can't win like that. You missed 41 shots out of 60? That's pathetic. Even though CP3 had 22 points tonight in game five, he shot for eight for 19. He took 19 shots. Those 19 shots are to give it to DA, Deion Aiden. Even though Chris Paul is good to mid-range, you missed 41 shots, and I'm not going to let that go. So game six, I'm going to see your numbers. Numbers don't lie. Like, like Jay-Z said, women lie, numbers don't, right? And when it comes to the plus-minus on the court, the whole entire team were negatives today. Obviously because they lost, right? But Chris Paul was negative 15 on the basketball court tonight. Devin Booker, I don't know where you where were you at, Devin Booker. You was minus 22 yourself. You can't win like that. And supposedly they're, they're, they're praising Devin Booker that he is the next Kobe Bryant. That's all I've been hearing. Kobe never shot like this. Forget about your game one, triple, double, 40-point piece. Game two, three, four, and five? Where have you been, Book? And I get it. You got a broken nose and all that. But even prior to that, you shot terrible. Despite him having 31 points tonight, he shot nine for 22. Nine for 2-2 two, two from the field and gave you 31 points. I mean, he shot good in the free throw line. But that's not Kobe. Kobe don't do that. So I don't, I don't want to hear no comparison about deep booking Kobe. And they only have four guys in double figures today. Four guys. Chris Paul, DeAndre Aiden, Devin Booker. And the third guy, the fourth guy they had came off the bench, Cameron Johnson, who shot five for six and give you 15 points. That guy's a good shooter, and he can go to the basket. But he's not consistent. The two guys that, I don't know, where have you been? Mikael Bridges and, and, and Jay Crowder, I think they both combined for like 15 points or somewhere around that ballpark. Like I, I get it. You're, you're, you're defensive gurus. I get it. But you guys cannot... Shoot, six points. Mikel Bridges can't have six points. Jay Crowder cannot give you eight points. 
He has to give you 12, 13. Mikael Bridges got to give you double-digit points. And the reason why they didn't have that is because of Devin Booker and Chris Paul want the ball themselves. They both shot, like, Chris Paul shot 19 times. Devin Booker shot 22. Devin Booker should be shooting 30. Mikael Bridges should be shooting 10. And Chris Paul, I get it. You want to shoot 19? I get it. But you're not efficient either. You've been missing shots all series. So the bench, who's been good for the Phoenix Suns, did not pan out today. Only person that performed today was Cameron Johnson. They used Nader. If you don't know who Nader is, Nader came from uh, he came from OKC. In the package trade, I, I, I think so. I, I might be wrong. He might be in the package that was shipped to Phoenix with CP3. Nader... Is that Egyptian baller who came out of, I think, Ohio? No, no, not Ohio. Iowa. Iowa State or Iowa. One of them. He, he's all right. But when you put him in, that just tells you they're struggling to get points up from the bench. So I, I, I'm not expecting to see him in game, in game six. I'm not expecting that at all. And what needs to happen in game six in L.A.? Devin Booker has to figure out how to get out of these woes, these struggling woes. Because if you don't, PG and company going to force a game seven. And game seven at your house, who thinks has the more pressure? Like, you're, you're up 3-1. Close-out games are tough. The Clippers have nothing to lose. Expectations that they're not going to win anyways. But they came in and outperformed you. Now you go to get, you go to LA. Pressure is going to be on the Clippers, but they're at home. And then so far, PG and them still playing well. And, and Reggie Jackson, if they win Game Six, the pressure is going to be on Phoenix. And if they collapse, they're going to be talking about Chris Paul and Devin Booker's woes as far as shooting. But we're going to see what's going to happen. Paul George had a great game. I'm going to post this clip for you guys right here of Boogie Cousins, what he got to say about the slander that PG's been getting. So, I mean, I hope y'all just check this out for a second. Go ahead and run that clip for me. Said it earlier, man. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know where this trolling bullshit has come from, where it's the internet controls the narrative about these players. It's, it's becoming foolish, man. Like I said earlier in the year, that's one of the most special players that ever laced his shoes up. Did his dude his flowers, man. I, I don't understand the slander. It's, it's it's becoming quite silly now. Like, respect these players, man. Respect these greats. Yeah, that's crazy, right? Even I know. We fans, we can't really speak to what they go through because we don't go through that, right? But Paul George is no scrub. Paul George is a multiple all-star. He's an Olympian. Paul George can give you buckets. Paul George has been in a lot of playoff games. So don't, don't hate on the guy because he missed a couple of free throws. And all that pandemic stuff I've been hearing, that got to go out the window. The way he's playing right now in this season, y'all better give his respect because his respect has been past due. For real. No cap. So we're going to go ahead and... You know, this is a wrap for this episode, but the next the next one is going to be on the Hawks and Bucks. You know, it's going to be game four in the Atlanta. And so far, we all know about, 
you know, Trey Young's injury. He got a bone bruise, but he said he's going to play through it, though. So we're going to see what's going to happen. Nuck if you buck. You know that song, right? I hope I hope Atlanta wins because I want this to be going out, for, you know, game six, game seven. That's what I want. But realistically, Milwaukee might just end it in game five. That's just my opinion, but we'll see what happens. So I'm going to go ahead and break down the next game for you guys for sure uh, tomorrow after game uh, game four in Atlanta. But keep your eyes on game six with the Clippers and the Suns because that's going to be probably the most watched game in the series because it's gonna two things are going to happen. Either they're going to force a game seven or Phoenix is going to win in L.A. and go to the NBA Finals. So everybody's going to be watching that game. So tune in for after that. I'm going to be talking about that. Until then, I appreciate the love. Y'all be safe. And I appreciate all y'all for tuning in, showing support. Until then, y'all be safe out there. Peace. One love.